Books, The Final Frontier. These are the discussions of the podcast Sword and Laser, its continuing mission to explore strange new science fiction and fantasy novels, to seek out new characters and new beverages, to boldly read where no one has read before. Go to patreon.com slash sword and laser to join the mission. Hey everyone, welcome to the Sword and Laser. I'm Veronica Belmont. And I'm Tom Merritt. Sword and Laser is a book club, but it's so much more. We bring you author interviews, news from the world of science fiction and fantasy, and awesome discussions from fans just like you. Mm, that's really what we do. Like That's what we do. Perfect, perfect. If, if you're new to the show, there you go. That's what we do. Maybe I- the author interviews come in clumps. You know, like (laughs) I was just going to say, I actually do have a lead on an author interview. Oh, good. Um, So hopefully I can get that set up. We've just all been so busy, but I'll, I'll make it happen. I'll make it work. And I think everyone will be really excited, but I think I will be the most excited. Yes. Yes. We all of us will be, but you will be the queen. Do you you know who I'm talking about? No. So how do you know? I was just playing along. That's, that's, that's. (laughs) It's the magic of podcasting. I was like, I I didn't think this was in the sword and laser, like Gmail account. No, I have no idea what you're talking about. I've just, I've just, but the audience didn't know that. So I was like playing along like, Oh yeah, you're going to be so excited. Oh my gosh. I'm really bad about that. Yeah. Your, your radical transparency undermines me every time. (laughs) (laughs) It's not Neil Gaiman. I'm sorry, but he's still, he's still the white whale. Um, unfortunately I haven't tried in years, I mean, in a decade, he, he's, <laughs> we're not trying to say he's large. No, no, we're just saying um, he's someone I'm not trying to bring race into it either. Yeah. It's pursuit, <laughs> pursuit of a, of a, a quarry. We also I, don't I want to harpoon people Neil get Gaiman. that reference. Yeah. Right. One would think readers would get that reference. I would yeah. hope so. Yeah, I would, I would really hope, hope so. so. What are you drinking? Um, I'm drinking just a glass of rosé. Rosé. Yeah, rosé for the day. Rosé all day. Is that how they play? <laughs> I'd say. <laughs> I'm having a cherry Coke Zero. I like Coke Zero. I do too. And even the new one, which is different. I still like is it. Is it different? Yeah. It's a little Coke Zero was closer kind of to the weird Coke. One. Yeah, I kind of got, I kind of liked the difference, but uh, eh, I'm still, I'm still into it, and I, I love am, a cherry I'm all coke. Diet coke oh, all day. cherry I coke! I love diet coke. Cherry coke from here to next Sunday. Diet coke for me is like the most refreshing beverage. Yeah, you like that aftertaste? That because ref- mm-hmm. it's a refreshing aftertaste, not a. I I find it yeah, so. I agree, but I haven't had one. I hadn't had one in like two years, and then I went back to the office this week, and I had had one after lunch and I was wow. like, Ooh, missed that. Missed you, my friend. Mm-hmm. Welcome back. Well, welcome back to all of you as well. Indeed. All right. Let's jump into the quick burns. Jan uh, points out that Locus Mag uh, has a winner of the 2022 Ray Bradbury prize spirits abroad by Zen Choas. The Ray Bradbury Prize is part of the Los Angeles Times Festival of Books and honors and extends Bradbury's literary legacy by celebrating and elevating the writers working in his field today. So congrats to Zen Choas for Spirits Abroad. Fantastic. 
Um, let's see. And then Ian says a new anthology, including a new Dresden Files story is out. It's called Heroic Hearts. And uh, there's an audiobook version of it as well. That's what Ian is going to be picking up. Uh, let me click on this and see what else is going to be in this collection. James Ooh. Marsters, Alexander well, are Harris. Four. These are this this narrator. No wonder he wants the audiobook. It's a narrator like, list. Yeah. Jim Butcher narrates. Fascinating. I he's listed no as a narrator. That's cool. Nice. So we've got an all-star urban fantasy collection featuring short stories uh, by authors including Jim Butcher, Patricia Briggs, uh, Charlene Harris, Kelly Armstrong, and nice. more. Very cool. Well, maybe Jim Butcher Hearn. does the introduction or something. Yeah, Kevin Hearn's also there, which is super, super exciting. He's, yeah. he's still always one of my favorites. Good tip off, Ian. Thank you. Uh, Jan also notes that HBO dropped a trailer for Stephen Moffat's adaptation of The Time Traveler's Wife by Audrey Niffenegger. Uh, the show will premiere on May 15th. If you get the HBO Max, you'll be able to watch it there. <laughs> As Tomahomey says, it's timey-wimey, of course. It's very timey-wimey. Did you ever? Oh, and Rose Leslie is yeah. playing Claire. Mm-hmm. Um, that's super cool. Um, have you? Did you read the book? No, I never did. Oh, you never did. It's good. Um, I actually listened to the audiobook, and it was one of the first audiobooks I ever listened to. And I remember that specifically because I was um, so impressed that the narrator did both the male and female voices, and I thought that was really cool. And now that's so normal for me because so many audiobooks just do that. Um, but at the time, I was like, oh, this is weird. Am I going to be able to get used to this? And mm-hmm. then you get used to it like, yeah, Immediately. like, that. <laughs> yeah, like yeah, in totally. two minutes. Um, but I remember feeling very novel at the time. Um, but yeah, this is exciting. I'm going to definitely check this out. I still have the HBO. So to the I'll max, to the max. Yeah. To the max. They're going to change the name of that at some point, I think, because they're merging discovery plus into it now that discovery and Warner have merged. So is it weird? So I, I saw someone on Twitter the other day say that they never realized that the Max and HBO Max was from C- Cinemax. Except it's not. I mean, oh, it is and it is. Cinemax. Right. Cinemax <laughs> is, it was always HBO and Cinemax, right? Cinemax had mm-hmm. the racier stuff compared to HBO. Uh, but there, the Cinemax stuff doesn't go into HBO Max. So why do they call it that? Because they, I think because they probably own all the variations on Cinemax and were, uh, we're like, well, people know us as HBO and Cinemax. So we'll use that to our advantage. Do but, people know that? Eh, I mean, you did. I guess I did. Yeah. I mean, if you know it, everybody knows it. <laughs> I'm not sure how to feel about that. Actually that actually felt like an insult. Right? I meant it to <laughs> be a compliment, like but it did not come out that way. I I, re, I withdraw I withdraw that. Um, no, but like I I think I think that was the idea. Anyway, uh, the Max in it is like when they have a Max original, those don't show up on Cinemax. Those are just on HBO Max. It's kind of weird. I'm gonna call him out because he's in the room. But Ryan had what felt like a very subtle burn to me earlier this evening as I was getting ready to record the show. He looked at me and he goes, do you do video? And I was like, yeah. And he looks at me and goes, oh, I didn't know you present yourself that way. Because I'm wearing a pajama shirt. Wow. <laughs> it's, it's on brand. It's on brand for it you. Is, it is 
on brand. Yeah. And I was, it's literally on brand. It's, a, it's an Adobe shirt, <laughs> right. um, but also on brand for myself. I'm just wearing my, my comfy clothes. Like, what do you want from me? Yeah. Um, and that's yeah. on brand. This is a comfy show. This is a comfy show. It's just a t-shirt. It's not like I still have a bra on. Jeez. Oh, wow. You know? Okay. It's like, yeah. Yeah. Oh, wow. I mean, you'd be saying, you should be saying, oh, wow. Like, I wore your radical transparency. Oh, wow. Radical transparency. (laughs) Give the girl one glass of rose and she's talking about the existence of bras. (laughs) Oh, my goodness. I don't think any of us were questioning that. That's all. That that was where that oh, wow came from. (laughs) Oh, oh, that makes me, never mind. I'm getting wildly off topic. Okay. (laughs) Uh, Terp says, or TRP says, the uh, 12th book in the Thraxis series by Martin Scott, a.k.a. Martin Miller, has been released. Uh, Thraxis meets his enemies. Thraxis, Thraxis, I can't say this five times fast. Okay. Thraxis, Thraxis, Thraxis. Thraxis meets his enemies. Thraxis book 12 is the latest adventure of a low rent private investigator and failed magician in the fantasy set city of Trai. As ever, he is helped by Macri, his half-orc ex-gladiator sidekick. And uh, these books are fun, easy reads, according to TRP. Um, so yeah, check them out. That sounds fun. It sounds like a um, a slightly sillier Dresden Files in a way. Yeah, I. it was interesting. I saw that the Goodreads link for this didn't have a lot of reviews for Thraxis. Mm-hmm. Um, and, and of course this is new, uh, so that's part of it, but I, I looked it up and, and Martin Scott, AKA Martin Miller, uh, has been doing this for a long time, got a big following. So Thraxis fans, uh, feedback at certainlaser.com. Let us know you're out there. Cause uh, I think this is, doing? this is something we, we haven't run across as much. It's very cool. Yeah. New to me for sure. Yeah. And then finally, Jan uh, wrote that K.W. Colyard from Book Riot released a list of best fantasy books you've never heard of. Now, Who's Thraxis on the list? <laughs> I don't know, actually. Uh, I didn't look at all of them, but it consists of the favorite books older than one year with less than 500 reviews on Goodreads. So the okay, you've nice. never heard of was meant to was scientifically arrived at. Uh, if you want to play and see how many of those books you actually do know, go to bookriot.com. We'll have the link in the show notes at swordandlaser.com. Excellent. Well, I'm trying to see there's a lot of authors I do know, but not necessarily books. Sure. Like it might read. be an author you know, but you didn't, you're like, oh, I've never mm-hmm. seen that particular book from them. Right. Yeah, there's a lot here. This is very cool. And you know, what a great way to expand books. your your reading list. <laughs> your TBR. Yeah, that's what I was going to say. I was like, oh, Lord. So yeah, that was a Yawn Slammer. Um, so thank you, Yawn, for, for contributing, as well as everyone else who contributed this week to the Quick Burns. Uh, you can do that by heading over to uh, the Goodreads thread called Quick Burns or over on our Discord. We have a whole channel of Quick Burns and discussions about those stories. Check it out. All right. Well, now it is time for Bear Your Sword, which is our feedback from the audience. Tom, why don't you kick us off? Tassie Dave said, with the discussion of the excellent comedy series, Our Flag Means Death, I was surprised Veronica and or Tom didn't mention the only cast (laughs) member of Our Flag Means Death, who has also been interviewed on Sword and Laser, a.k.a. We John Feeney, played by Christian Nairn, or as we all know him, Hoder. Yeah, I, and what I love, I, I we did not mention that, and that would have been, I guess, I kind of forgot that we interviewed him on the show. Oh, really? I kind of remember when him he as first being... appeared on the first episode of Our Flag Means Death. I was like, "That's Christian! Oh my gosh, we've talked to him on the show!" Like that was the first thing I thought of. 
See, I went, that's Christian. I played World of Warcraft with him. Oh, yeah. Okay. No, I get that. <laughs> that's how I remember you went him. straight. You yeah. went straight to the, the more personal connection. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. And um, my one of my favorite pictures of my entire career of my life is of me and him on the Game of Thrones red carpet for season six. Oh, uh, yeah. And he's saying something to, funny to me. And I'm just like, I'm throwing my head back and like cracking up. And it's like one of my favorite photos of all time. It's, it makes me really happy. No surprise that you didn't immediately think the sword and laser interview. You've had way more interactions with him. That's so cool. Yeah. He's a super, super nice guy. And really all the is. tattoos on the show are his own tattoos. Um, so his star, his famous star tattoos on his head, he actually doesn't have to cover up for the show and he's got other <laughs> yeah. work on his arms and everywhere else. And so that's kind of cool. You get to be a pirate. You get to actually keep your real world tattoo. And work. he gets to <laughs> say more than just Hoder. I'm actually, I was, I didn't want to DM him or ping him on Twitter about it because I didn't want to like make him feel sensitive about it. Uh But I really feel like I wanted him to have more lines. I feel like he was almost the only pirate that didn't have his own separate kind of side story. He did get his own bunk for a little bit. And Mm -hmm. so there was a cute little like side story of him getting his own room on the ship for a little while. But that was like the only thing I wanted. I wanted more. Of of wee John Feeney, yeah. So you wanted a, if, you just wanted a wee bit more John a Feeney, a wee bit more, yeah. So maybe if there's a season two, yeah, uh, they haven't announced one yet, but I'm really fingers crossed that there will be another one because I loved it. Um, we'll have we'll have more of Christian Nairn time on screen with speaking roles. Indeed, he he, he deserves to have more speaking roles on a show. Is what I'm saying after Game well, of Thrones. Well, this <laughs> the, you go in wee steps. You know, your first role is just Hoder. Your second role mm-hmm. is a few lines from Wee John Feeney. And then next role, you're a captain of a ship. You go in Wee Steps. Is that going to be the title of the show? Maybe. Yep. We'll see. All right. Jamie says, uh, pedant that I am, it's going to be a, it's going to bug me, sorry, if I don't point out that the correct word for a set of four books is tetralogy, not quadrilogy. <laughs> he says his spell checker did not like me typing that second word. Although quartet is a perfectly valid alternative and probably more common. Phew, glad I got that off my chest, he says. <laughs> um, citation needed, Jamie. No I link. Know, like, no this link. Is just you. How, why we just we're just supposed to take your word for it that you're a pedant? Okay, we'll take your word for it on that. But like I, I, I all kidding aside, I, I would like a link that shows like this is the standard. It explains all that. It makes sense to me. Trust me. I didn't think quadrilogy was actually a word. And someone had said tetralogy on in the chat room, and I thought I said it out loud. At least One of once. us definitely said it out loud. If it wasn't me, it was you. So yeah, I feel like I did, but maybe we're just having another Mandela effect moment. That's like my favorite thing now. <laughs> like everything's a Mandela effect. Yeah, I learned a new thing. Like that's in bed thing. It's a Bader yeah. Meinhof situation. Mm. Peter V. Brett tweets: "Hold on to your butts." Why does he tweet that? Well, friends, it's because the warded man is being adapted into a TV series. Well, it's in development. It's been optioned. It's, it's, been in, optioned. De- it's in development. It's more than it's just optioned. It's in development. It's for, That's good. Along. That's good. In development gets you much closer than optioned. Optioned can yeah. mean absolutely nothing. In development means they're spending time, <laughs> to, you know, making a show. So that that's good. That, that That's very good. Um, I'm going to check. We have, we, I know we've interviewed Peter. Mm-hmm. Um, did we ever read any while you were out? Yeah. Oh, mother pooper. 
You could have. I really? think. You, yeah. Like on the recent, like when I was having the baby. Yeah, when you were off on on maternity leave, right? I'm pretty sure that's that's when we read it. Um, I'm not seeing it. Oh no, no! I was thinking of Peter Klein's. We read that, not Peter <gasps> oh. B. Brett. Mark just said. Mark just said no. <laughs> I'm assuming that's what he's talking about in the chat room because he just said mm-hmm. no. Yeah, no, we, we um, yeah, we're there. We caught we caught up. List. We we looked. Yeah, we haven't read Peter V. Brett yet. We gotta do that soon. And I've been meaning to read The Worded Man for a long time. Um, so that would be super fun. So The Worded Man, according to Deadline, uh, and everything else, and uh is set in a distant future where humanity is plagued by terrifying demons that emerge at night with supernatural powers and an all-consuming hatred of people. They are barely held at bay by the ancient magical art of warding, where locals paint mysterious symbols on houses and posts. With the fate of humanity hanging by a thread, one man takes it further, tattooing his body with lost battle wards to teach humanity how to fight back from the verge of extinction. Sweet. Yeah. Uh, you're the you're the sword book picker. Seems like a sword book we could pick. It does. Yeah. Yeah. So thanks to uh, Craig um, at Devo Lark on Twitter and Terp Kristen for the tip over on Twitter as well. Uh, well, Terp Kristen on Goodreads forum. Devil Arc on Twitter. Well, then why does it say at Turk Person for the tip on Twitter? I don't know. It's because you so your section of the text. rundown. Why are you asking no, me? No, no. It's because I wrote, thanks, Craig. And then you said, oh, hey, Turp added it in the quick burn. Thread. I said, so Turp added it on Goodreads. I'm going to add her but name in you there. wrote it in, never mind. That, okay. I, whose ultimate responsibility is it? I think it's our interns. Uh, but I wrote it first. Oh, okay. We should get an oh, intern so interns. we can blame them. I'll let you read Beth. Uh, oh, I wanted to say, uh, speaking of picking books, though, um, I want we want to do what we did when Veronica was out on maternity leave, but with Veronica here to enjoy it uh, and have guests come on and pick the book. Uh, so if you have ideas for guests, I have a few. We, we, we have a few, but uh, the way we would work it, instead of having to have the guest co-host like we did then, uh, we'd probably have them just maybe record a quick setup and then bring them on for the wrap-up. Uh, mm-hmm. So if you have ideas of people you would like to join us to do that, you think would pick interesting books, feedback at swordandlaser.com. Uh, Beth- maybe I could get the author I wanted to interview to do that as well. And roll that into the interview episode. We'll talk about it later. All right. Yeah. Uh, Beth Mitchum uh, is amazing, as we all know. And on Twitter is being amazing again with a Twitter-sized review of A Master of Gin, P. Jelly Clark. I see what you did with that title. A fun genre-savvy adventure that has swashbuckling action, a rookie sidekick, a dash of romance, and a mystery base. All flavors work together like a gumbo. Hashtag Hugo 2022. Nice. Excellent. Very cool. Thank you, Beth, as always. Excellent review. All right. Well, now it is time for our Book of the Month discussion. Um, This is a kickoff slash roundup episode. Or wrap up rather. Um, so I thought we're we wrapped do a, it. Did we not wrap it up last time? We did. We did we not did wrap not. it up. Oh, okay. So that's not in the rundown either. So I have a little segment, like conversation thread about it right there. Yeah. But, but I didn't yeah. notice that that was supposed to be. No worries. Uh, so I'm going to, I'm going to fix that now. Oh my God. You don't have to fix it now. Well, yeah. Otherwise, okay. how will we know? Uh, How no. do we know? And also, uh, our our wrap up 
will be spoilery. So we will be yes. doing it after the kickoff. Yes. Okay. Our kickoff is going to be first. So Tom, do you want to kick off your pick? Uh, Machine Hood by SB Divya is the pick. Uh, it was suggested in our uh, Discord, and I I liked the idea. Uh, so I picked it. Um, I feel like with all of our picks, people dive in and start picking them apart. And sometimes I feel like, oh, so you didn't like the pick. And even sometimes people say, like, why did you pick this? But mm. we pick things to read them and enjoy them as much or as little as we can. So, you know what? It's fine to criticize. I'm not saying don't criticize the book. That's why we're here is to kick it around like, oh, I like this. I didn't like that. We're going to get to that in a second with, with the book from last bit time. But I don't really love when people are like, you shouldn't have picked it or that, that sort of thing. And, and we that. already, we already got a little of that on this. So I'm like, give it a chance, right? Our whole point mm -hmm. is to, is to try things. You, you don't like it. That's fine. Spit it out. You don't have to eat it. <laughs> shouldn't eat books anyway. Not but, good for you. but that's, but, but the, the point isn't to pick the book that everyone will always like every time. Cause that's impossible. So, uh, totally. machine hood by SB Divya is, uh, a book a set in 2095. Uh, it's sort of in that Cory Doctorow tradition of taking current tr trends and technologies and like extending them to their logical conclusions. So uh, there's a lot of bots, there's a lot of AI, uh, and there's a lot of influencer stuff and and uh, live streaming and getting tips and getting paid by your patrons and, and stuff like that. Uh, so. It's it's an action adventure set there. I think some of the criticisms are people like, well, that doesn't sound realistic, or they spent too mm -hmm. much time explaining this. Uh, it may not be your thing. Uh, this is a, a type of story, and I personally feel like uh, SB Divya does an excellent job telling this type of story. It just may not be your type of story. Uh, SB Divya is the pen name of Divya Srinivasan Breed. She was born in Pondicherry, India, came to the U.S. with her parents when she was five years old. Father was a professor of business administration. Mother was a software engineer. And she has a Bachelor of Science in Engineering from Caltech with a major in Computation and Neural Systems, as well as a Master's of Engineering and Signal Processing from UC San Diego. Uh, she worked 20 oh. years as an electrical engineer, uh, including in fields like pattern recognition, machine intelligence, high-speed communications, digital music, holds multiple patents in pulse oximetry and signal processing. Uh, her patents in pulse oximetry are antecedents to the Massimo Corporation's pulse oximeter, uh, which is used out there. She's incredibly smart, <laughs> is yeah. what I'm saying here. Uh, and when she talks about machine learning and software in this book, it's right. <laughs> it's mm -hmm, it's mm -hmm. good. And as somebody who covers the space, I'm I'm I can tell. I'm like, yeah, this this is good stuff. Uh, she also co-edited Escape Pod with Mer Lafferty uh, up until very recently. Oh, nice. Just stopped doing that in in on in April on, on April eighth. Uh, her debut novella Runtime was nominated for a Nebula in 2016, and Machine Hood is her debut novel. Fantastic! Nice, nice resume. Love it. Very cool. Well, I started it. Yeah, it's cool so far. So yeah, I'm looking I, forward to, to reading on. It's very it's got a very the closest author I've read that re, that mm -hmm. reminds me of this kind of story is Do is Cory Doctorow for sure. I can see that. Yeah. Yeah. I'm trying to think if there's anyone else. Maybe um I mean I'm not super far in it, so it's hard to start making comparisons. Um mm, who am I thinking of? Um Damon. Um, Matt Damon. Yeah, Matt Damon. Damon yeah, Runyon. Specifically Matt Damon. No. 
The book Demon. Oh, um, yes. I have it behind me somewhere. <laughs> yeah, Charles Strauss is another one. Mark says, um, oh my God, he's so nice. And I love that those books so much. Anyway. Yeah. Um, yeah. Some similar feels like a similar vibe. Feels like a vibe. But yeah, yeah. Daniel, Daniel Suarez. Suarez. Thank you, Tamahome. Tama, homie. Yep. Um, very cool. All right. Well, that will be our May pick. So get it wherever books are sold. We've got a link to the bookshop.org uh, link and it's on Amazon as well. Um, and check your local library. All right. Let's do a quick wrap up of a master of gin by P. Jelly Clark. Um, loved this book. Loved it. I read the, I think I told you, I read the other, um, the short stories as well. So it was nice to get a little bit of a backstory of the world and get a little more, um, clarity into what was happening in the space. And there's so many fun callbacks to other characters like uh, Hamid and people like that, like in the book as well. Okay. And cool. I don't know if you listened to the audiobook, so um, you probably have a better, you know, general pronunciation of everybody's names than, than I might have from reading, but who knows? Um, but yeah, I really enjoyed it. Fatma is just like, so, <laughs> so interesting and, and fast and smart and, and, fashionable and <laughs> and I just love her story and it was it was cool I mean I I figured it out pretty fast I feel like I figured out who who done it well let, let, since you're bringing it up let's let's go right into that the the okay. the forum discussion because I have thoughts on this too Oh, you want to jump into the forum discussion? Yes. yes. Colin uh, wrote, I wouldn't classify this book overall as a whodunit, but there's obviously an investigative aspect to the story, right? Because it's the mm-hmm. ministry and they're investigating. Uh, I once heard it said that the best time for a reader to solve a mystery in a book is a couple of pages or even a couple of paragraphs before the author makes the grand reveal themselves. That way you feel rewarded for having paid attention and smart for having followed the clues that the author included. Unfortunately, I spotted the author's misdirection early on and spent close to half the book mentally yelling at the character characters, which kind of detracted from my overall enjoyment of the book. Otherwise, it had a lot going for it. I enjoyed the setting and the characterization just fine. Was anyone else frustrated by the character's slowness on this point? It seems like Fatma in particular shouldn't have been so blind to the possibility. And basically, Chris K., Rick, Paul, and Jenny all agreed. Yeah, I mean, if you think about it, I mean, we all thought about it. But if you if you think about how the story is set up, where we have the the first female investigator for this you know paranormal unit um, in Cairo, um, she's got a whole like collection of incredible female partners and and friends and people in this world that are like doing things in like super amazing ways, and then she just completely writes off Abigail like completely just sees her as like a flighty, like, like unimpressive colonial colonialist. Yes, obviously, but like, just, just writes her off as like a background character. And the whole time everyone's just like, uh, <laughs> like you might want to look a little more closely into this and why she's like where she is all the time. And like why her brother doesn't really like fit the narrative. Um, did you catch on pretty fast? Um, no, I didn't. Mm-hmm. Uh, and and I think no one who didn't catch on as fast as all of these people is going to join this thread because they're going to feel dumb <laughs> for not yeah. catching on. Uh, I think that's okay. Also, like, I, never I don't think early. there's evidence that it's Abigail. It's, everything you just described was a gut feeling, right? Yeah. 
it was like, well, obviously it's going to be Abigail because that would make a good story. Obviously it's going to be Abigail because Fatma isn't paying enough attention. Uh, Those aren't, those aren't things an investigator would be able to use to indict her. Uh, those are suspicions and right, like rightly so, because it does end up being her, right? Uh, those are suspicions. And so on the one, I, I'm tempted to say a lot of things in the in defense of, of the mystery. One is, I don't think that's the point of the story. No, no, so, I was going to say, I have a great line. Okay. Say my line so let me ask. say the other things then first. Okay. Um, I, I think having her dismiss Abigail is showing how the dominant culture, in this case, it's mm-hmm. Egypt, which is turning things on its head compared to you know what we're used to in in our world. Uh, that's what you do uh, when you're the dominant culture. You dismiss people from the non-dominant culture, right? And this is a mm-hmm. here's what it's like. Also, in this time period, even though Fatma is is very much pro women and you know has powerful women friends, most people aren't. And especially well, still, Europeans. Yeah. Uh, and, and in mm-hmm. fact, Fatma has to fight to get what little respect that she gets. And that is not an unusual and very real story that therefore the woman might dismiss other women because they know the culture does, even though that intellectually is like, oh, but you shouldn't. It's a natural thing to do to be like, well, I'm an exception. But everybody else is. Well, that's exactly what she does to her partner, what she does to Hadia. Exactly. Exactly. So I don't think it's it's a it's a flaw in the story that Fatma does that. I think it's telling. I think it's depth uh, to her. Uh, But but yeah, I, I don't think the point of this story is to be a mystery that you solve. I think that was a fun aspect of it. Uh, And that's why I don't think there's any clear evidence that it's Abigail uh, until, until the very end when they discovered it. So if you're only following the evidence, then you wouldn't be sure that it's Abigail. But if you're following your gut, as many people were, then you were totally sure. It's not about the who done it. It's about the how done it. Aha. I love that. Now that's your title. I was like, Oh, just, he's got so many good points, but stop talking. Cause I want to say my line. <laughs> 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 no, that, that that's totally it. I, I 100% agree with you. Like, it's fine if you figure out who who did it early. You know, part half the fun is like figuring out like how they accomplished what they actually did and, and getting to unravel the mystery. Because you're totally right. You're 100% right. Like, even if you figured out that Abigail was there and you're like, mm, she's not paying enough attention. What is her purpose of even being in this story? Like, why is she here? That's always like a giveaway for me is I'm like figuring out like why a character is on a show and like where they're going to fit in because they have to be there for some reason. It's totally. like Chekhov's extra character. Um, so she was totally Chekhov's extra character. Yeah. And, and so I knew something was somehow. up with her. And at times mm-hmm. I wondered if it was her, but I was mm-hmm. never sure as, as sure as, right. as, as, as people in this thread were. Uh, and I was very curious if it was her, how she did it. So that's your, yeah, your yeah. phrase is perfect. I, to me, it wasn't about, Oh, solve the mystery. And then that's yeah. the end. It, it was about the journey. Right. And this is, I, this reminds me of conversations about spoiler culture where it's like, yeah, it, sometimes it sucks to get spoiled, especially on twists that are surprising. Cause you don't get the surprise, but there's still plenty of other things to enjoy about a story. Even if you get spoiled. Yeah. And I think that was, um, it was, it was fun too having read city of brass also, because you get a lot of the same allusions to Suleiman's ring 
Ah. And, you know, that being such a huge part of the mythology of that region. Um, and so being able to be like, oh yeah, I learned, I already knew about this, you know, it's great. Um, the ring is so powerful. Like you're also wondering like, how could Abigail have even accomplished any of this? And then you just realize like, oh, it's not a, it's almost like a deus ex machina Mm -hmm. where like she has all basically ultimate power with this ring. Um, so she can really transform herself and control these jinn. And yeah, I mean, that's how she made it possible. And you don't learn about that until super far into the story. And Tamahome points out a good story is rereadable. And I think the story okay. to me is rereadable because mm-hmm. there's so much fun things going on. I'm not saying I will reread it. Uh, I'm not saying I won't reread it, but uh, it is the kind of story where I like the world she's in. I like the characters enough that, that if the only way I could spend more time and there are obviously other ways I could spend more time with these characters, but if the only way I could was to reread it, I might, I might do that. Um, other characters like City was amazing. Like, like she was great. Yeah. I almost liked her more than Fatma to be honest by the end. Yeah. She was pretty fun. Yeah. Um, cause she grew, she grew a lot more over the course of the story. Totally. Like you meet her for the first time. I hadn't yet read the, um, the short stories where Fatma meets her for the first time. So when I met her for the first time, and you're like, oh, are you a bad person? Because yeah. she's like sitting in the apartment, like slinking about and uh-huh. being all mysterious. And then they're like, oh no, they're lovers. Yeah. <laughs> they love each other. Um, and you just kept learning cool. more and more about her and she became more complex. And yeah, it mm-hmm. was super fun. But yeah, the the whole the revelation of her being half gin was yep. was that I found that that was a twist for me. Um, even though you're like, well, she was climbing up walls earlier. Yeah. <laughs> Like she does definitely have some kind of magic ability, but then there's the magic ability that comes with, you know, the old gods and the old, even older religions of the area. And like Ahmad, for example, like, you know, basically transforming into a crocodile, like that's not gin magic. That's like the magic of his God. Yeah. And, and same with Siti, like she's, she has her magic from her God that she worships. And so you wouldn't necessarily think that she's Jin because she had those other connections as well. So it's a little bit of like column A, a little bit of column B. But yeah. And I she was, was surprised was by that reveal. Ha- she was Hapa. <laughs> <laughs> there you go. Yeah. <laughs> the equivalent. Yeah. Uh, I, I not, I promise not to spoil anything about Moon Knight, uh, but, but Moon Knight, the, the Marvel TV series uh, takes place partially in Egypt and uh, brings in a little bit of the allusions to the Pantheon. So it was fun to have been reading mm. this at the same time that you're seeing like, oh yeah, no, this is some of the same, you know, allusions to actual Egyptian mythology. Uh, that was right. kind of fun. Yeah. So yeah, she was great. Um, and then, yeah, I just, I loved the world. It was so interesting to to see the combination of like these women fighting for their right to vote and to have a voice in, in society and, and being a modern society and, and seeing that as part of that, you know, it brings especially true in, in our, our, you know, current times. Um, and so, yeah, I thought it was a really, it was a really great book. Yeah. Um, good pick. I enjoyed it. Me yeah. too. Did I agree I? with Beth Mitchum. No, it won. <laughs> It won the vote. <laughs> when you said good pick, I was like, thanks. And I was like, wait. Well, no. yeah. You know, if there was no, ter- you, without you, there'd be no tournament. And we allowed it. <laughs> yeah. We allowed it to happen. <laughs> there you go. Uh, hashtag Hugo 2022. 
Absolutely. Uh, very cool. So I think that unless you have any other points that you wanted to make, yeah, I mean, the, the, the story like wrapped up super interesting. I loved seeing Abigail get her hand bitten off. That was pretty awesome. Um, she totally kind of deserved that. And that sort um, of, it wasn't a clean, like, uh, we, we caught the bad person and now they're in jail. Like they had to sort mm-hmm. of team up, you know, you had to, it, it was, it was a more complex ending, uh, which I, I which I, very much appreciate. Yeah. Yeah. It feels like there's definitely more to, to come in yeah. that, in this world. So excited to see what P. Jelly Clark comes up with next in this fantastical world. Me too. This, this version of Egypt. Very cool. All right, everyone. Well, thank you so much for listening. Um, our show as always is entirely funded by you, our patrons. So thank you so much if you back our show. If you want to help support us, you can head over to patreon.com slash sword and laser. You can also support the show by buying books through our links. Find links to the books we talk about and some of our favorites at swordandlaser.com slash picks. Send us an email feedback at swordandlaser.com. We are on Instagram and Twitter at swordandlaser. And you can join in on all the discussions at goodreads.com slash swordandlaser. We'll see you next time. Bye. 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 Like you're there!